Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Executive Health and Life. I'm your host, Julian Hayes II, where the goal here is to help you maintain your edge and your status and ultimately have you become the CEO of your health and your life. And I have a really interesting guest today, and I say that every time because every guest is interesting. So maybe I will come up with a new intro after 100-something episodes, but today's not the day. She's very interesting. She has a great backstory, a very empowering backstory that I think a lot of us are going to get benefit out of. And so I start with what good is all the financial success if you either don't have the time to enjoy it, you ruin your health, betrayed your values, or alienated your loved ones. These are words from my guest today. My guest today has a background that's interesting, as I said, one that has challenged her with some unexpected obstacles. She's a molecular biologist turned mindset and high-performance coach who helps ambitious, mission-driven entrepreneurs build million-dollar businesses without sacrificing their health, relationships, or happiness. Lastly, she's also the host of the Top 10 Entrepreneurship Podcast, the Wired for Success Podcast, where she talks about all things science, self-development, and entrepreneurship that that help business owners to get to the next level of success in their life and business. I am speaking with none other than Claudia Galbert. <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. And I, I got to say, I love the uh, the bookshelf behind you. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm, I'm almost a little jealous. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. See, I got I got I got to get better with my background. So uh, one day, one day I'm going to do that. But um, I want to start off. Um, there's a lot we can talk about, but I want to get an origin story of um, if we go back to you as a little girl, did mm-hmm. we know that you're going to be doing what you're doing now and also becoming a molecular biologist? I haven't spoken to too many molecular biologists. No, this is this is not what I expected to do ever. Well, the biology aspect of it, maybe, because I've always been interested in nature. I was just fascinated with all things living. Mm-hmm. So I loved, from a very young age on, I loved plants. I loved animals. I wanted to do something with uh, animals. I wanted to be a vet. I think that's the first thing I wanted to do. And later on, I changed to becoming a biologist because I was just so fascinated by how this life works. And I wanted to understand it on all the different levels. So I think that led me to biology. So that was not that much of a stretch. But then changing career to what I do now that was something that was totally unexpected and something I never thought that I would do. So a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So um, what's been the one skill as a molecular biologist that has been the ben- biggest benefit into what you do now? Problem solving. Problem solving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think as a biologist or as a scientist in general, you learn to think in a very scientific way. So you come up with your hypothesis and you come up with a plan to test it and then you test it. So uh, I think that mindset, that science mindset is really beneficial for all areas of your life. And it really helps as a coach as well, just Mm -hmm. to get to the bottom of what's wrong and then to tweak and adapt until you get to where you want to go. I can. And so um, as we move along now, 
as I said at part of your intro, that you've had some unexpected challenges. That and one of those was, um, I mean, you're a cancer survivor now, but what was that like going through that process? Well, it was definitely not fun. I can tell you that much. So what you're referring to is when I was 28, I was suddenly diagnosed with leukemia. And as you can probably imagine, it changed my life from one day to the next. And you and I, we talked about before, and I told you that I kind of felt betrayed by my body because I've always been this very healthy person. I, you know, I tried to eat a healthy diet. I was exercising. I was doing all the right things and I still got sick. And then I realized that there was a big part of my health that I had actually not taken good care of. And that was the mental and emotional side of health, because that's a big part of the puzzle piece. But so many um, high achievers, they just focus on the other metrics, like the diet and the exercise, and they don't really pay much attention to the mental and emotional health side of things. But they are just as important. I, I can tell you because I saw what happened <laughs> mm -hmm. when you neglect them. So, yeah, that was no fun. So, um, a couple. I gotta have a couple things there that are on top of my mind. But the first one is we can't avoid. Sometimes these things happen to us for whatever reason, mm -hmm. and uh, I see people that not maybe not even just cancer, but it's a. Maybe it's even something just as like a blood sugar issue, or maybe it's just like a, a a setback in their business or something, and they start to really cling and take on the identity of that thing. And I see some people go through these same things, but they have vastly different outcomes and experiences with that. So yeah. what do you? And then that's and that's part of the mentally emotional, I assume, right? So mm -hmm. when you're going through that, did you start to um, work on your? How did you start to work on your mindset and emotions? I think one of the big mindset shifts in that in that regard is to understand that life happens for you, not to you. Mm -hmm. And this is the huge shift of you, you stop asking yourself, why me? Why did that happen to me? And you shift to what can I take away from this? What can I learn from this experience? Is there maybe a hidden benefit to that? And even with something as negative as cancer, there are some hidden benefits, believe it or not. So when I was in the situation, what I realized was that I had lived most of my life from this or I had made decisions from a place of fear and had that fear dictate what I do or not do with my life. And in that moment where you're, where I was, where I had hit rock bottom and like my worst nightmares, nightmares had come to life, I was like, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> Now I don't need to be afraid anymore because the worst thing has happened already. What can I do with my life? How can I change things moving forward? What can I look forward to? And what would I do if I wasn't afraid? Mm -hmm. And then try to do that. <laughs> that's a powerful question. What would I do if I wasn't afraid? I think that's that's probably the thing that stops most people, don't you think? You think it's it's that simple question right there, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. We're yeah. all so afraid. We're scared. We are afraid of failure. We are afraid of judgment. We are afraid of being abandoned or, you know, just judged by people. It's it's scary. We are social animals. So it makes sense that we have developed those social fears. It's not like, I mean, in in throughout most of human evolution, those were real threats. Like if you if you didn't belong to a tribe, you pro and you were alone and on your own, you didn't make it, or your chances of making it were very slim. Today, you could probably get by on your own, but you still have all those fears wired into your brain. Wouldn't be any, it would, wouldn't be any fun. No, uh, <laughs> it's not fun. We're wired for connection. Yes, uh, yes. Um, sometimes I say, unfortunately, that we're wired for for connection a lot of times because I'm um, some only child, and I'm mm. more of a lone wolf, and so, but. Uh, you know, I'm learning. Well, actually, I have learned in a lot of instances that you actually need to you need people to go far to accomplish certain things. You can't just do it all on your own. You're not Superman as much as you think you are. So um, that's for all the lone wolves out there who are listening. Because that's a that's a big thing. I had a conversation with a, with a guest that was talking about executive loneliness and how loneliness is such a huge uh, issue for entrepreneurs and executives as they climb the ladders, the corporate ladders and everything. And so, um, that was really interesting, but, um, limiting beliefs and getting unstuck. I'm sure that is something that you, that is one of the, the central things that you work with your clients on and, and discuss with them. So break it, break this down for us and, and talk us through kind of how we can work on limiting beliefs and getting unstuck. Yes, absolutely. So as I said, one of the big questions that everyone can ask is what would I do if I wasn't afraid? That is just helping you broaden your horizon and understand your potential. Because if you're drawn to the thing, there is something there that you might want to explore. So we have to get rid of all the fears slowly, one by one, and see where it takes us. So I think those things that really speak to us get us closer to our true purpose and help us become the best version of ourselves, where we can have the most impact. So the other thing is, what are those fears that are holding you back? Like, what are the stories that you're telling yourself? You can't do it because, and now fill in the blanks, will help you uncover your limiting beliefs. And then we can examine those beliefs. It's like, so why do you think this? Is it really true? Or what other belief could you choose to adopt that would help you support your goals? So we want to make sure that your conscious mind and your subconscious mind are aligned. Because if they're not, you will find ways to sabotage yourself. So that's what we're trying to avoid. Would something like affirmations be useful during this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there an effective way to use those? Because you hear that a lot of times and sometimes, and I don't know if it's effective or not. Well, I have an idea, but for listeners who are not as um, familiar with that, Yes, I think they work really well, but you have to repeat them frequently so that it really sinks into your subconscious mind. So you can't do it once and be done. It's like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, you, if you go there once, yeah, well, that, you won't see much of an effect. So you have to keep doing it before you see a, a result. And the best times to do them are in the early morning, just after waking up. 
And the last thing you do before you go uh, to bed or when you're in bed and the last thing you do before you fall asleep, that's where your mind is most receptive to these kind of um, affirmations. And the other thing I would like to point out is that oftentimes when people struggle with this and they choose an affirmation, they feel like they're lying to themselves. It feels like, it's not really true. So I'm saying something that's not true and it doesn't feel good. So you want to come up with a way um, or you want to script your affirmation in a way that feels good because the feeling is very important. If you keep repeating something that doesn't feel good, it doesn't get you where you want to go. So you want to align the emotion and the thought and the belief. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. So you're saying, okay, so let's use an example here. Let's say someone is, let's say, let's use, let's look in the area of health. So instead of saying, would it be better to say, instead of saying, I am, I don't know, let's say it's a guy, let's say I am 10% body fat and uh, ultra endurance athlete. But in reality, right now, in his present moment right now, he's 15 pounds overweight and cannot run even more than a mile. So he, mm -hmm something better would be to talk about the feelings that those things are going to bring instead, right? Or maybe something like I'm improving every day mm -hmm. because the focus is on the process. It doesn't feel like you're lying to yourself because if you're taking action, you're becoming a better, per a better version of yourself every day. You're making progress and you don't have to um, obsess about the end result that you want to get, so get to. So you can just focus on the journey and what you want to accomplish. I like that. And you know, that approach is still productive and empowering, but you're also, I would say, lessening the amount of mental stress that you're putting on yourself. Because yes, exactly. you, you think about someone that's trying to, that's building a business, right? They're on day one and they're thinking, I'm building this empire. I want this to be an eight figure company, nine figure company. And mm -hmm. they keep just selling themselves that, which is fine to have ambition, but you keep seeing in your current reality that you're not even close to that uh to that empire so something like saying i'm improving every day is a um, better process i like that yeah it's super empowering and the other thing is you always want to compare yourself to your past self not to your ideal future because that creates this huge mm. gap and then you're always under so much tension and you're living in the gap <laughs> and you want to live in the gain you want to live in what's possible i want to see my potential and i want to enjoy the journey yeah so that is a um that's a very small subtle shift but can make a huge difference and you're actually giving me some ideas for, for mm. to, to tweak my own um affirmations and everything as well with that so i really you're like welcome. that i really like that point um <laughs> you know i saw something on your website when i was looking and it says authentic leadership and mm -hmm. all of us know what leadership is, but what's kind of what's your definition of authentic leadership? So to me, authentic leadership is really about understanding yourself, understanding your emotions, understanding your triggers, and then understanding how to communicate effectively with your team. So you need to be able to be vulnerable and share what's going on. Um, in an empowering way so that people around you feel safe to share as well. So to me, the authentic part of entrepreneurship is, or of leadership is really to know yourself, 
and to communicate effectively and to create the safe environment, a safe space for people around you to do the same thing so that you don't have to play mind games and power games and you are all on the same page and you're working toward the same goal. And it's just so much easier. <laughs> so how do you, um, how was your, your journey to leadership? Did you, um, what were some of the mistakes you made? Some of the changes I made, mm -hmm. opening up about things that I struggle with maybe because we are so often we are tempted to just show the pretty results, right? To just mm -hmm. show what, what's working and to not really share our struggles. And I think we have to share our struggles more to tell people around us that we're not perfect. It's okay. We are human. They can relate and they are able to open up as well. So we can be honest about the journey and we can fail forward. <laughs> And, you know, as we're talk talking about authenticity right now in leadership as well and um, self-awareness, there's never going to be a best time to take a leap, whether that's in some kind of health challenge, whether that's with business or anything. And uh, this comes to mind because you had a career, established career. How did you know that coaching was right for you? And the reason why I asked that is because you can look at the world right now. People say certain things are coming, recessions, you know, you name it, all that kind of stuff. And this may have a, this may be a time that a lot of people, the typical person is going to contract when really, mm -hmm. I think during these times, this is the best time to actually start expanding. So right. how did you know that coaching was right for you? Was it a feeling? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a journey. So I didn't know straight away because I never thought about becoming a coach. So it was one of the things that I started to explore once I became a mom and I was looking for a, a different career because I just didn't want to spend my like all my day in the lab. Um, it just wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted for my new family. So I was exploring ideas and I was just thinking about what could I do? How could I use my talents to help other people in a way that is fun and makes me feel fulfilled? Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I had always been the person that people came to for advice and support. So I think I, I'm a natural coach and it was something that I never really thought about because it was so second nature to me. I was just something I did, right? So I, then I discovered that there's this whole coaching industry and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's so cool because that's kind of what I do, <laughs> what I've always done. So why not combine my background in science with this coaching thing? Well, of course, I, <laughs> I also learned like life coaching skills mm -hmm. and different things like cognitive behavioral therapy, neuro-linguistic programming, uh, hypnotherapy, lots of cool stuff that I can also incorporate into this mix. But yeah, I think I just discovered something that I was good at without knowing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's, that's happening to so many people. We don't know what we're good at. We just need someone else to reflect that back to us so that we can understand what our superpowers are. That's true. 
I can 100% attest to that. Absolutely true. And so uh, the next question here is something that you can answer that I cannot answer uh, because, and how do you balance the duties being a mom, wife with business? Because a lot of times you hear people say it's, it's one or the other. So what are, what are kind of some of your secrets to, to keeping this all together? The secret is <laughs> it works well some days and it doesn't work well on other days. So I want to be honest and transparent here. So it's always uh, we're failing forward. We are creating a structure. So I create a structure. I test it. I tweak. And as soon as you have it working, something starts to fall apart and you have to start tweaking again. So I mean, things change as your kids grow up, right? And you have to constantly adjust to what um, to to the new changes. But something that I found really really helpful is to set some time aside for me. So my personal me time is is sacred. It's the first things I do um, every morning. So I set some time apart to do breath work and meditation and to go running. And I do all these things for me in the morning to fill up my cup and to restore my energy. On the days that I can't do any of these things, I feel like really grumpy. <laughs> it's really testing me. So I really have to make sure I do these things that fill me up. Same here. I, I have to have a period um, in the mornings before I have any like human, human interaction. I just need Julian time. Like I need, I need Julian time. Yeah. <laughs> so before any, before any talking, like I, I have it in the calendar and everything. There's, there's no, there's mm -hmm. no talking to no one, no mm -hmm. one. I don't answer the phone if people call or nothing until yeah. I do those things. And, um, so, you know, so speaking of running, I got to talk about running. So, mm -hmm. What type of running? So is it marathons, ultra marathons? Or <laughs> what type of runner are you? There's so many different types of running, right? That, that's true. Yeah, I usually just run like 5 to 10K. Mm -hmm. But last year I decided I wanted to do a 50K. It's <laughs> a big jump. Yeah, it is a great job. So I just wanted to do, I just wanted to see if I could do it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't to prove anything. It was more an exploration and just curiosity. So yeah, I, I set this goal. I came up with a training plan. I stuck to the plan more or less. <laughs> and then I did it. And um, what's, what's one or two lessons that running has taught you about kind of life and business? Oh, so many things. <laughs> so one of the things I learned from this 50K was that pain is not linear. This was, this was such an aha moment, you know? You get to maybe the 20K mark and you feel terrible and it's like, oh my goodness, and there's still so much to go. And you just, you project a linear you know, a linear trend, like if it's that bad right now, it will be twice as bad in at kilometer 40, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening at all. You can keep going and all of a sudden that you get into you get into a runner's high and it's like, oh this is so good. I don't know what what was going on before. And it's just not linear. <laughs> yeah, I I love that because and I think you know how you can look at that is it's whether you're going up the 
the, the career ranks right now, rising up in the corporate, or you're building your business, or you're working on your health. A lot of times, I think getting that initial inertia and getting that momentum really going, I think it's just, it's kind of a grind fest, maybe a little bit. But I, I and I think, but I think at some points, like you said, it starts to be easier. But then it gets hard again because you're going up another level again. So don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. <laughs> and, and so I can relate to that because I remember I did a recent run, long run. And for me, about maybe three, maybe two thirds of the way, kind of like you, mm-hmm. I thought my body was was failing. I thought I was like getting cramps and everything. I was like, okay, maybe I didn't do my nutrition right this week. And so mm-hmm. I got to go back to the lab. Then I just kept going. I just said, I'm not going to stop. So I was slower for a couple of miles. Then all of a sudden, it just went away. It's almost like I was talking to myself. Exactly. And then I was just running again. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to roll with it. Next Mm -hmm. thing I know, my times are getting better than they they were already. And it's been a couple hours in. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) So really, I think when we start to feel that initial resistance, that initial pain, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's out running or whether it's with your business, I think that's just our brains trying to keep us safe. And I think that's only like, yes, maybe only like 30%. And we yeah. have like 60, 70% left in the tank. So true. And I think it really translates to entrepreneurship as well. You have these times when it's just so difficult and mm-hmm. it looks like nothing is moving forward and it's just not going to happen. But again, I think it's not a linear progression mm-hmm. it's it can be like tough going for a few years and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> it's the famous overnight success which never is overnight success it's just never. The overnight success that's <laughs> 10 years in the making <laughs> so as we get ready to wrap this down wrap this up i want to be considerate of your time and everything because uh, then we're working on a quite a big time difference here um podcasting. And so I'm always curious why people start podcasting and also what some of the, um, I guess, the interesting things that have came from podcasting in terms of lessons learned. Ooh, podcasting. (laughs) One of those, again, one of those things I never thought that I would do because I hated public speaking so much, like so much. I was so scared. And especially since English is not my first language, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to make a complete fool of myself. Why am I doing this? But then again, it was one of those things that was outside of my comfort zone. And what I really love is connecting with people. I love connecting with people and building relationships. And a podcast is just such a fantastic way to do that. And I knew that it was a great tool to achieve that. So again, it was one of those things. I picked the goal, I made it happen. And as they say, all the good things are on, like, what does it say? Um, once you get past your fear on the opposite side of fear or something like that. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember the saying as well. I, people get it. Yeah, yeah I don't know. people get it. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. You can Google it. Is it on the opposite side? On the, what's all on the, the opposite? All the ah. things, on the opposite side of fear is all the things you ever wanted? Something like that. So all the good stuff is on the opposite yeah. side of fear. Let's if just it's, go with that. If, it, if it's not that, I might trademark it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but I always say that podcast podcasting is, um, it's like grad school. It's like mm. grad school and getting a advanced education. 
you know, for me, mm-hmm. I, I've gotten to meet so so many great business people, so many, so many great um, scientists and doctors and everything, just from having a conversation. And you literally get to learn, and and sometimes it's almost too much when you have so many conversations. <laughs> you have so many things going in your head now, and so many ideas, so many new things you're learning, and you get all these different book recommendations and everything. So it's just like, like, I, like I need to slow down a little bit. Mm, true but yeah amazing people and i think it's it opens so many opportunities for collaboration or just for learning so Mm -hmm. whenever i get excited about a certain topic i can just invite the best experts to be on my show and i can ask them all the questions it's so amazing absolutely and the last question here is um what are you most excited about for the rest of the year Woo. Oh, currently I'm working on a new mastermind group, mm-hmm. which I'm really looking forward to. So it's the, the idea is to create a curated community for early stage health tech entrepreneurs. So what I really want to do is bring those brightest minds in the health tech space together so we can have a great collaboration and a community that really supports each each other so that they can get their new ventures off the ground so much faster. So in this community or mastermind, I want to combine the power of a mastermind group with the tailored support, like tailored one-on-one support. So this is something that I've seen um, that goes wrong in so many group programs where they either have like a mastermind community, but people get stuck because they don't have one-on-one support or they just have one one-on-one support and then they don't have the group program where they can leverage all the connections and resources of the group. So I really want to bring all of that together, plus invite all those great guest experts. We have continuous learning opportunities. And I'm just really excited about it because it's going to be so much fun. Awesome. And this is the easy progression, the easiest one ever. Where can <laughs> listeners keep up with you and find out more about you? <laughs> so my favorite platform is LinkedIn. But uh, if you want to learn more about me, you can always check out my website at www.wiredforsuccess.solutions. And while you are listening to this podcast, which you should be subscribed if you're not going to subscribe to it, if you're listening when you're listening somewhere, go ahead and subscribe to her podcast as well. It is fantastic. And so other than that, stay awesome, everyone. Be limitless. And as always, go be the CEO of your health and your life. Peace.